This is Old Dogs Talk Tech with Dave Dockery. And me, Michael Kroos. And we, we are a couple of old dogs, I assure you. If you could see us, we both look like we're about 110. But we're still incredibly good looking. A, very handsome 110. Yeah, we are we, we are good looking uh, as, as can be, which is that, amazing. That's a fact. And you know what else is amazing? What? We know tech. That's, that's right. You know? I'm not sure I remember how to hook up a VCR, but we know tech. And, and you know, the good thing about today is that you don't have to set the timer on that VCR anymore. Yeah, you don't even have a VCR. You know, I have an HDMI cord. Remember yeah. the days of, of put anyway, yeah. uh, back to the show. Dave, we, what, we do, what, what do we do on the show? We talk about new technology as how it relates to everyone. That's true. I, but I, I want to open up with a couple of things just of interest, but not necessarily tech. One is, were you aware, did you happen to see that somebody in Las Vegas was putting hats on pigeons? Did you catch that? I, you know, I somehow, I missed that one. I, and it's like, they, they got concerned at some point because they, they were like, why are they doing this? And is it going to harm the pigeons, you know? So now they've got to capture the pigeons and remove the little hats from them. I just thought it was a strange the, thing. The question that pops up into my brain is, how the hell did they convince the, the <laughs> pigeons I to know. let them put a hat on? I know. I, I, you know, I, I, I would have to have a close personal relationship with a pigeon, which, by the way, in all my years, I've never done, exactly. uh, to convince them to let me put a hat on. And the other thing that is not tech but interesting, I, I felt, was that in, um, I, I think it was Nigeria, uh, some poachers set traps that they were capturing, uh, uh, they were capturing gorillas. And they captured and killed, one of their traps captured and killed a young gorilla. So here's what's interesting, okay, to me was the older, the older gorillas figured out how the trap worked, and they're going around. They found them. They're hunting down the traps and de-arming them, Good. which is the first time anybody's ever seen a gorilla do that kind of thing. You that's know? outrageous. I love that. And so that's as close to tech as I, as I, as I got for that. But I thought that was, that was just something off the wall that you don't think about. There are a few things in life piss me off. Yeah. But people being cruel to animals is one of those things. Right away, I get right in there and get very unhappy. I, I, me too. Me too. I am not a happy guy, high kind of guy. Okay, Let, let's let's move to the purpose of this, which is to talk about tech. Uh, you should know if you don't already that Windows 7, Microsoft is giving up support this coming week on Windows 7. And this coming week is the first week of, of January 2020. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So, you know, Microsoft 7 was such a nice program. Absolutely. And, and, and so, you know, then they made this terrible mistake and they came out with that one that came after that, which I'm not even going to mention the name of it, <laughs> uh, but it's before, or it's before 9 and after 7. And uh, they, they and they, it was so bad that they couldn't even come out with a nine. They had to come out with exactly. a ten. So. And there will never be supposedly there will never be another Windows number. It will from now on it will simply be Windows after Windows ten. Okay, well that's good. Well, so no more. Uh, I remember when uh, what was the the version of of Windows that we all loved that business just. Uh, went into uh, big time. It was we. You had 
Windows 3.0, and then it went from there directly to uh, 95. Well, no, it went to Windows 3.1. 3.1. Then it went to Windows. Windows for Work Groups was its famous name. And then it went to to Windows 95. Yes. And then after Windows 95 came out that wonderful version that you see being old, I'm forgetting what the name of it is. Uh, uh, After Windows 95, it was... It, it was, oh, Windows 98. Windows 98, which yes. nobody paid attention to. I'm talking about the really good one that everybody used. Well, the one that got big was Windows 98 Second Edition. Okay. And people finally were learning how to use Windows. Yes. And, and so it became a big one. But the one I suspect you're thinking of is Windows 2000 came out. No, no. 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 Gosh, it's terrible being old because I forget. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to ask... I'm asking Google right Mr. now. Google. Google all versions of Windows, and it's going to tell us. Okay, uh, Windows NT. No, but it's Still XP. Don't. Windows oh, XP. Oh. There. Well, that's the XP was later. Yes. Yet. Okay. XP was was my favorite. Yes. And, and business just went after it big time. Business loved it. Our our members. Every time that we went through a change, the members of the Tampa Bay Computer Society, it was painful. Every freaking time, it was painful. And when we went to Windows XP, their first response was, oh, my God, everything's moved. It's all different, you know. And I was teaching. I I taught a lot of Windows in those days. I said, I want you to understand something. Windows works the same way. It's always worked. They've just moved. They've just changed the landscape. It's like it's a new neighborhood, you know, and you have to learn the new neighborhood. Uh, But people grew to love Windows XP. Yes. They absolutely did. And then they came out with Windows Vista. Yes. And oh my goodness gracious, once again we were back to hating Windows. Yes. But I, I had bought my house that I live in now, and my son was like 10 years old. And he moved in, and I bought him a computer. And it was a Windows Vista computer. Yes. And he had gone from using XP uh, at the old house and on dad's computer. And he came here, and I said, here, look, this is the living room computer. And since you know, I have my own computer. It's kind of your computer. And he goes, I'm never moving back with mom. I said, see, uh, it's called bribery. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he looked at that and he goes, I want to know what this is and what it's doing on this computer. <laughs> right. But he came to love it. He, he, but it took him a while. Well, the problem, the big problem with Windows Vista, which Microsoft took a big hit for, and I felt it was undeserved. Uh, And I'll tell you why. The problem for Windows Vista was that you had a printer, and the printer that worked with Windows XP would no longer work with Windows Vista. My scanner. And, of course, you blamed that on Microsoft because they're the ones that create the operating system. But the problem was Microsoft had told all the vendors, they said, you have to create new drivers. Windows XP drivers will no longer work, so you must create new drivers for Vista. And they were simply, they were so used to Microsoft being late to market, I think, that they didn't bother getting them out there. So when Microsoft released the next version, which was Windows 7, Windows 7 used the same drivers as Windows uh, as Windows Vista, 
which meant that everybody finally had created the drivers that they should have created before. Right. And everything was hunky-dokey. And Windows 7, to my opinion, is still one of the best operating systems. It's the way the operating system should function, in my opinion. I really loved it. It, it was the closest thing to Macintosh ever. Yeah. yeah to, to be totally absolutely. honest. So then they came out with the one, the unmentionable, the one that wasn't quite nine, but it was no longer seven. Yes. And I got a call uh, from a guy one day who had just bought, he was a millionaire, and he had bought 30 uh, laptops for the people that worked for him. And they were all that version of Windows. And he said, he called me, he says, Doc, I will pay you to come down here and remove Windows 8 from all of them and put them back on Windows 7. And I said, I won't do that. And he said, why not? And I said, it's a question of drivers. I, I said, I, I don't want to, you know, drivers and get software. More, you get in way more trouble going backwards than you do going exactly. forward. Exactly. So I, what I did was I said, I have a solution for you. And there are two programs, one that's free and one you paid $5 for. And they take your Windows 8 machine and they make it work like a Windows 7 machine. Right. And I said, I will come down and install those for free for you just to get your people off your back, you know, and uh, that's that's what we ended up doing. And, and I we installed that, that. And, yeah, I did the same thing. And, uh. But then came Windows 10, uh, the last numbered version of Windows, supposedly, Microsoft has said that. Um, my, my, my problem with Windows 10 is that there were things in Windows that in all those previous version of Windows that always worked the same. Yes. And they broke them when they brought out Windows 10. And there were things that had been working for years and mm-hmm. all of a sudden quit working. And to this day, that ticks me off because there's things that just don't work any longer in Windows 10. Well, this is because, and I hope our good friend Chuck Opperman is not listening to this podcast. I know. <laughs> we'll hear from but, you. But the true fact of the matter is, is that Microsoft is not an innovative company. They never have been yeah. an innovative company. I remember reading an interview with Steve Jobs in Playboy in 1985. And what he said then was so true. He said, I want you to look at, you know, because the, the interviewer said, well, Microsoft's very innovative. He said, no, they're Lay's potato chips. <laughs> what do you mean? He says, all right, you have this company called Frito-Lay. They control the potato chip market worldwide. How do they do that? They got a bunch of these trucks running around that say Frito-Lay. They run around to every store that there is, and they sales and service these things to death. They show up. If you have a store, know that the Frito-Lay guy is going to show up, and he's going to put all stuff up. They never invent a new chip. They never invent something different. They wait for a competitor to do it. They watch it. Then they copy it, and then they sales and service it to death. And he says, that is what Microsoft is. They watched everything we did. They watched everything other people did, but mostly, you know, mostly Apple. And they copied it, and then they had the ability to sales and service it to death. And that's what they are. And to this day, he is right about that. They are not an innovative company. Every time they try to innovate, like such as Windows 8, they fail miserably to where I can tell you right now, I could go down to the corner Mac store. I could walk in there with a bushel basket full of money, 
walk out of there with a MacBook Pro that I have never used. I have never used a MacBook Pro. I could set it right here on the table. I could open it up. I could find the power button and I would push it. And I guarantee to you that I would teach myself within minutes how to use how that to entire use computer. Yeah. That, there, there's some truth in that. Yeah. I, and and when if I were to have bought a Windows 8 computer, having never done that, and I opened it up, I would be up the creek without a paddle. I'd be, you know, sitting there saying, where is my just regular calculator and my yellow pad? I'll write. You know, it, 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 was, it was that pathetic. And I... I never heard. I apologize, Chuck Opperman. I I, <laughs> I never heard the quote uh, from Stephen Jobs about um, Frito Lay, uh, but I will tell you what ticked me off about uh, Frito Lay was somebody Frito Lay had a character in their advertising. Do you remember who that character was? Frito Bandito. The Frito Bandito. Yes. And I just he was just cute. It was no big love affair, but I thought he was cute. Yep. People came along and being politically correct said It's racist. You're you are making fun yes. of of Mexicans. You and know? and by the way, they were right. And, it was a racist thing and, and, and they got rid of it. And uh, and they did get rid of it. But I thought, do you really think that that we're believing that Mexicans are coming across the border yes. and stealing our freedom. You haven't seen the. You, you, have, you obviously have not listened to the guy that is the president of the United States because that's what he said when he was running. Oh, oh this is not a political show. He said the Mexicans are full of drug dealers and and all the and they're coming over here to rape your wives and your children. Yes, and and the Frito Bandito just. You know, oh yeah, it was racist. It was time to go. Yeah, well, they they did, they did, they got they got rid of him. Now all of the Trump supporters are not going to listen to the uh, show anymore. Oh God, uh, yeah. I, I promise not to get political. I know. Well, you know what? It's, I'm a Republican, by the way. I'm a Republican. Stop, stop. Go, 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 go to some. Go, go to like a five and a quarter inch disc drive. Let's discuss that for twenty minutes. No, oh. no, let's stop. <laughs> I still have. Uh, a few five and a quarter inch drives. Here's the problem: I don't have anything that can read them any longer. That's the pro- that would be the problem, you know. And uh, and when I think back to the, uh, then we went to a three and a half inch, yes, which was no longer a floppy, but we called them floppies. But they fit in your shirt pocket. Yes, that was one nice thing about them that they yes. they did that part. And um, uh, so we had those for quite some period of time. But boy. USB, uh, having flash drives today, uh, a whole different way to do it. Uh, and, and so, of course, we're, we're now going to lose our CD-ROM drives and our DVD drives. Because, That's fine. I don't you, use it. You know, uh, I, I don't use them that often, so yeah. they, they can go. But uh, yeah. They're not on the Macs. Yeah, yeah they're, they're totally gone. And, yes. And, uh, and I went to... Uh, I, I went to do a selfie the other day and realized for the first time I'd forgotten they took the um, they took the little hole that you plug your microphone into off of the iPhone. Yes. So it's just gone, you know, and which is how I've got a bunch of selfie sticks that have those they have the things that control them that way. Well. That's a major investment on my part. I think I paid a dollar per selfie stick. Cause well, I you know, you can out. put those out, and the scrappers will come around and pick them up if they're made of metal. That's true. Uh, so. So, yeah, that, or if they're made of plastic, you can put it in your recycling container. There you go. There you go. Um, 
Well, I think I've, for this version of uh, uh, of uh, old dogs talk tech, I'm ready to call it a day. You are. How many? We've we've only been going for 16 minutes. We've only done 16 minutes. We've only done 16 minutes. Okay. But if that's all we've got, that's all we've got. You know what? You know what else we got though? What else? We had a a event here at the club. The by the way. Uh, we produce this at the Tampa Bay Technology Center in Clearwater, Florida. And twice a year, we have this wonderful event. Uh, What is the name of the event? Random Acts of Kindness. This is something that our president, who is the guy on the other microphone, by the way, came up with years ago. He followed other people that were doing it. And at this club, we get together twice a year. We do free computer repair. We feed people. We bring in speakers. And it's a wonderful thing. Uh, at the last Random Act of Kindness, we had some people that I drug in here. And Dave had made the mistake of having a heart attack and then open heart surgery. And he was not up. He was in the room, but he wasn't up to talking. And we talked to several people. And one of those was our good friend Chris. And would you like to introduce his clip and we'll include it? Oh, we can do that. Okay. What is his name? And His name is Chris Kremitzos. And uh, he's uh, locally, he, he's the father of a lot of podcasts because he, he in, induced a whole lot of people that had no idea to do a podcast. And he goes, oh, you ought to do that. That would make a good podcast. And he got him out there. So um, he's, he's a wonderful innovator. And uh, we we trade speakers all the time, and uh, and we're, we're going to go to his pod fest, which he'll be doing in uh, in March in March in Orlando. And if you have any idea of doing a podcast, we strongly recommend you to come out for that three day event. It's pretty cool. So we will wrap the show up today with Chris's brief interview, and we'll see you all next time. The name of your new book, which is fabulous, is called Start Ugly. And Start Ugly hit Amazon, what, three days ago? On, uh, yeah, uh, we're, what, three days out, and it's, uh, we're about to sell out the first printing. And how long did it take you to write this book? Well, it took a lifetime to experience to write it, but as far as physically, two hours. And it is actually, is it a fiction? Yeah, it's a fictional story about, uh, basically, here's the, the challenge we were trying to solve. Uh, you would enjoy this because we're talking on a podcast. How do we make it, how do we create a story or a book to help people future-proof their businesses? So originally I was going to do a book with Steve Tingiris, a good friend of mine who's a technologist, and we're going to write future-proof your business. Right. The moment we'd write that book, we realized it would have been out of date the moment it hit print. Exactly. So he and I kind of ixnayed that project, and then there was a paragraph in that book that talked about the guy that had the um, the guy that had the lumber mill and did everything right was soon replaced by, you know, the stoner that created the chainsaw. Exactly. Basically, was it was just like a paragraph. Think about that, right? Guy could be a stoner, but he created a chainsaw. You're out of business. Right. So it kind of spurned a, a seed of an idea of what what if we could create a fictional world about someone that did everything supposedly right, except for one thing, which was pay attention to innovation. Uh, and started ugly again, what would happen? So that's where the, 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 the fictional world takes place 100 years ago on Manhattan Island at the turn of the century in the early 1900s. And it's pretty awesome how it all weaves together. 
I can't wait. I've got my copy. It's sitting at my house. I'm going to read it tonight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Book is available on Amazon. Uh, get it. I, I think there's only three copies left at Amazon. For right this, this printing, thing you like could still order, but it'll be a wait. I'm assuming it'll take a while for it to get to you, but within you'll get it within a day or two. Um, but Mike, the, the challenge we had is when I wrote the story, I, I, it was heavily edited, so I'll give you that. Like I wrote the story, but I had three, four editors give me points. And then I would then go, we did like 20 rewrites to get to where we are. But the story is is profound, but it, it it's short. So we had to create a nice foreword. We had to create case studies. So there's some cool case studies of companies that started ugly and some that did not. They didn't transition with the times. A little story about Jerry Seinfeld. Because uh, if you think about it, he went from stand-up to sitcom. Right. And then you had to start ugly again. As anyone knows, sitcom, uh, stand-ups can't just go back on the road after not being on for 10 years. He had to start ugly again like he once as a kid. So there's a lot of cool little caveats there, lot of stories. I saw Eddie Murphy interviewed on the Today Show, and he was talking, he's going to go out and start doing stand-up again, and he hasn't done it in 22 years or something. And hes you could tell that he's terribly scared. Yeah, because you, you, don't, you start ugly in stand-up. There's no polished bits. You have to test it out in front of an audience. But isn't that like every creative endeavor? Exactly, everything. When I started doing, you know, talking into microphones, oh, it was terrible. And then I got to be where I was absolutely brilliant. And then I took a break, and now I'm kind of mediocre at I, best. Yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> and off we go. So what's next for you? Coming up soon uh, in March will be the next. It'll be PodFest what? Four or five? No, it'll be seven. Seven? No, six. Sorry, six. six. Last year say. was five. Last year was Next five. year is six. PodFest, to give you an example of what we're doing, we're following the trends, and we see that there's a lot of niche content going out there. Yes. So we have Military Creator Con. On, on Friday, we're test running 10 different concepts. One is called Military Creator Con. The other one's called Audio Drama Con, uh, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of different uh, concepts we're test running for, for the audience. Excellent. Excellent. So who's the biggest speaker that's coming to PodFest next year? Probably uh, Michael Kroos and Doc. Um, they're our... <laughs> Listen up, you can hear Doc laughing. <laughs> oh, you mean by like, uh, are we talking about biggest by uh, fan reach? I'm sorry. No, I'm just <laughs> all joking you got aside. Me there. Yes, yeah. I'll probably be the biggest. No, no, but you are one of our favorite UMC, our Pecha Kucha, and we're going to keep that tradition alive. I do have some people tell me, how come you don't cycle all new people? And I go, part of PodFest tradition is... We have people that are part of the family that help orchestrate everything. And we do cycle through about 60% new people every year. But there's a core 30, 40 that without them, we wouldn't, PodFest wouldn't be the family it is. <laughs> so we try and keep them consistent because it helps with everything we're doing. So we're, we're expecting over 2,000 attendees. Well, I have been, uh, so this uh, there's f been five of them. I've been to four of them. It keeps getting bigger, like doubles in size every year that I go. So we had 1,000 people last year. We're going to have 2,000 people this year. Uh, you know, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, well, the Marriott world is a, it's a really good-sized boat for us to be in for the next couple of years. And then at the same time, we helped incubate She Podcast at last year's PodFest. We launched yes. her Kickstarter, and that flourished into an event with over 650. They uh, sold out. There they was, sold out, yeah. could not go. You, you know, it, uh, we closed it a week out because we just – it got a little out of hand as far as how – it was amazing. I, I anticipate that event next year. We'll have over a thousand attendees. Last night we had a meeting here, and there was a, one of your attendees there, and she was telling me. She said, "I've been to events before, but at this event, 
I was able to talk to every speaker that I wanted to talk to and sit down and have conversations. She says, I've never been to an event like that. I says, that's kind of a culture thing that Chris has always done. Uh, you know, e even the big shots at his events come and sit with you and they'll talk with you and you can, you know. I, I said, I spent 35 minutes with Granny Potty Mouth and she taught me all kinds of things. So it, it's just amazing. His yeah. swearing got much better after. <laughs> yeah. Granny Potty Mouth. Yeah. And, but also, Pat Flynn, I just saw him in the hallway, started, started up a conversation with him. I was there 10, 15 minutes talking with him. And that's the culture that happens at these events. And that's what this lady was amazed at what happened up at She Pod, uh, Podcast. She Pod, yeah, it was the same culture from Podfest. It was the only event I could tell you that had the identical culture. You know, it had its own twist, obviously. Yes. But it was the same culture where there was no delineation between speaker. This is my daughter, Sedona, playing Umi Egg Hunt. <laughs> fighting me. And you're trying to take it away from <laughs> she, her. She will not let me take it away from her. Sedona, can you say your name on mic? Say no, come she on. doesn't want to. I, we talked about it. She doesn't want to. I said, you don't want to, you don't got to. Say Sedona. Come on. Nope. No. <laughs> How old are you, Sedona? She, no. She's not going to talk into the microphone. But there's no one looking at us. This is just a microphone. You could say it. No one's looking. No, okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sir. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on, and we're going to go back to playing Umi Zumi over here. All right. 